This January, over 750 OA members gathered in Los Angeles for OA's 50th birthday party. Events included keynote speakers, multiple long-timer panels, workshops, a big book boot camp, and even an appearance by Roseanne S. If you'd like CDs or MP3s of any or all of these sessions, go to oa50th.org and then follow the link to the recordings. That's oa50th, oa50th.org. Welcome to the OA Light a Candle Meeting Podcast. Visit our website at www.oalaig.org where you'll find three separate speaker feeds with over 200 speaker files, forms for ordering CDs for these speakers, and a place to donate to keep this special service active. I would now like to introduce our speaker for tonight, Daniel. Good evening, everyone. My name is Daniel. I'm a compulsive orator. And uh, thank you for asking me to come speak. I've been in the program since 1983. My top weight was 400 pounds. Hey, <laughs> it wasn't a pleasant experience to lose 400 pounds, but I thought I was happy. I just thought I'd just like to eat too much, and that was my problem. And I figured that once uh, I'd lose the weight, all my life's problems would go away, and uh, everything would be okay. So, let me tell you how it was. First of all, I'd like, to, I'd like to tell you that to speak in front of you people is an honor. It's an honor and it's a privilege. You guys saved my life. Um, so, what makes it different is in these rooms I found the willingness to take the action. Okay? I, I didn't find um, a diet. I found the willingness to take the action. So, my life is basically based on the first step, powerlessness. And I believe that if you don't have the first step, now this is just my opinion, so OA doesn't endorse this, so just take it for granted, okay? That I, I don't speak for OA. But this is just my personal experience, that unless you really have the first step down path, anything you build on top of that, if it's not strong and firm, you're going to be shaky, everything you build on top of it. Second step, third step, fourth step, fifth step, on. So, the first step for me is it has to be the strongest. In a ladder, the widest step is that first one. The widest and the most strongest one. It has to be, because it has to encompass a wide range of personalities and people that come into these rooms. We are not alike. The only thing we have in common is that we overeat or we have issues with food. Outside of that, we wouldn't associate ordinarily. We don't like the same movies. We don't go to the same restaurants. You know, we don't like the same people. But in this room, we have one thing in common, is that we have an issue with compulsive overeating, undereating, stricting, bulimia, whatever it is, but we have an eating disorder. That's a disease. And that's why we're here. I, I was raised in a very crazy family. I uh, come from a Mexican background, so I was raised on combination plates. <laughs> <laughs> now, let me clear that up. Not true. 
But I discovered how, at a young age, food was really, really a great comfort. It really made me feel good. And I had a grandmother that pushed food on me. You know, says, here, eat. And her words were, eat this or you'll get sick. So, eat this. And then she would say, eat this because there are starving children in China. And then I found out as I grew up that they eat Chinese food. Holy cow, that's pretty cool. I never understood that logic. But anyway, so I started gaining weight at probably around six years old. But when you're a kid, you really don't notice that. As I grew up, I started hearing things like fatty, fatty, two by four, can't get through the kitchen. All these things started coming out. And being brought up in a mainly white community, I was the only white, dark Mexican there. And it was so funny to be raised like that because uh, I didn't speak the language very well. Because I came to this country at the age of four, so I didn't speak, but I picked up on it really quick. So I didn't understand that there was a difference racially. So anyway... Food became a constant because my grandfather was an alcoholic. My grandmother was the enabler. So I lived like that. So I spent a lot of years in front of the TV. I watched TV. I was raised I love Lucy. I have father knows best. I'm really dating myself. <laughs> Holy cow. A lot of y'all don't even know what I'm talking about. But I was raised with that stuff. And I actually thought that those people was like my family. You know. And, uh, but there was always something crunchy, salty to eat. And something sweet to drink. So crunchy salt to eat. And then I would go and have dinner, lunch, or breakfast, whatever it was. And that's how I was raised. And I remember my favorite was Superman. Superman was my, oh, that was it. And then it was just fantastic to live like that. I started eating more and more. I lost my weight when I hit puberty. And I lost a lot of weight. But then I discovered drugs. And I discovered alcohol. And I discovered, again, food. I was living with my grandparents, and I came to live with my mother, who my mother was obese. Now, my mother died of this disease at the age of 48. She died of a massive heart attack. And uh, she, she, all her life, uh, was always fat. Now I know where I get it. I didn't know where it came from, because my mother, my grandmother was very thin. My grandfather wasn't obese. My father wasn't obese. He was kind of heavy, but he wasn't obese. My mom was. As I continued uh, struggling, dieting, not dieting, <laughs> I remember tried eating, not eating for two days. And I, and I did it. I was really sincere. I really made a big effort. And I got on the scale, and I thought I lost all the weight. So I got on the scale, and, and it didn't move. The goddamn thing was... Still the same numbers, and I said, "This is ridiculous." I, you know, I should be able to celebrate, but nothing didn't move at all. So I got off again, and I noticed that it was off a few pounds. So I adjusted it, got back up. Oh shit! I lost actually four pounds. Cool. I went to go eat to celebrate, <laughs> and that's how it was. And I was talking to someone earlier today. You guys remember? I don't know if you guys remember this, but. And back in the 70s, something called AIDS came out. Now, and I'm not taking AIDS with the, the, the disease, but AIDS diet candy. It came in the form of a seized chocolate box. <laughs> and I bought the goddamn thing. And I said, this is going to help me. And I ate the whole box. Oh. That will make me lose the weight like that. Because eat the whole thing, obviously it's going to go through. It just didn't work. 
So my doctor decided to give me speed. Uh, speed, and I said, cool, this is going to work. And holy shit, what I found out, I found myself eating faster. And I go back to weigh in, and the doctor says, you're not losing weight, you're gaining weight. I says, I don't understand, I'm taking the pills. And I didn't understand that part, that, you know, you were supposed to wait until they hit and then try to eat. So I eat, well, anyway, so I was eating faster, gaining weight. So, anyway, it was very frustrating. I didn't date. In fact, I didn't, I didn't go to prom because I was embarrassed to be a bad size. Huge. Found someone that wanted to marry me. I guess I hated myself. She hated me, so we made a good couple for a long time. We married, had four kids. She wanted a home. I wanted to get high, get loaded with my friends. So that's her part. And so when I wasn't drugging and drinking, I was eating. Drugging and drinking or eating. That's all I was doing. The more I tried to lose the weight, the worse it got. I would lose 10, gain 20. Lose 20, gain 40. That's all it was. It was never, never something. And it was this love-hate thing. You know, I never felt embarrassed and ashamed for doing drugs and drinking. But this damn disease carries a lot of shame. I would much rather tell you about my sex life than tell you what I ate. Not true right now, but <laughs> in the past. You know, this is how shameful food is. Uh, food is very shameful. You know, I'll give you, I'll give you an example. I'll give you an example. Uh, you know, um, when you get a food sponsor, you know, and you work out a food plan, and you happen to vary a little bit out of it, like that cheeseburger that you weren't counting on, you say, well, I went a little bit out of my food plan. Well, what did you eat? Well, no, no, it was just something that wasn't planned. Well, yeah, what did you eat? Well, it's something that I'm just not going to do it again. <laughs> what the hell did you eat? You know, and that's how it goes because there's a lot of shame. I don't want to tell you because I'm a bad person. So food and shame are, are connected. Now, food, shame, and guilt are very... Uh, check, the, check the dynamics on this one. Check this out. Guilt is what I feel for what things are, that I've done, and shame is what I've turned out to be. So food... Got me to be an obese person. Guess how, how much shame I carried? Oh, it was there. Shame was there. And it was just at the surface. Anything you scratched on created shame. And the only way I could shut that shame down was eat. Yet I would hate myself again afterwards. Can you guys relate to that? Eating and feeling like shit afterwards and then feeling embarrassed and ashamed and going back to eating again? That doesn't make sense. That is crazy. That is crazy. I had no problem letting go of drugs and alcohol, but food was a different story. That was a hard one. It was hard because I didn't have the willingness to take action. I wanted somehow to have a miracle to flash it, take it away, and leave me thin. That's what I wanted it to do. I wanted one of those biblical miracles, <laughs> you know, like, you know, and that was going to do it. I did not really want to be in reality. Step one deals with reality. Step one. I admit it. I was powerless. A few years ago, we did a men's retreat at Casa Maria in Santa Barbara. And the title of the retreat was Surrender to Win. Now, all my efforts to lose weight was very hard. Some of them worked, but they didn't last long. I remember losing about 40 pounds, and it lasted about two weeks. 
And what the first thing that came in into my head was, now you can eat like a normal person. It doesn't say more about alcoholism that the obsession of the alcoholic is to be a normal drinker. The obsession of the compulsive overeater is to be a normal eater. I want to be able to sit with you and have that slice of pie and not finish it and leave a half of it. Get up and walk away and like give nothing. So I tried that half a piece of pie and I said, I'm just going to eat half of it. And I ate it. I said, you know what? I paid a lot of money for this. You know, it's not a good idea to waste money because I remember my grandmother telling me that they're starving kids in China so I ate the goddamn thing because that'll help them. Okay, so that's the distorted, insane... Now, let me tell you something. The obesity is not the craziness. The food is not the craziness. The me binging and not eating, binging and vomiting, binging and purging, restrict that's not the crazy part. We may think it is. Oh, my God, I binged again. Oh, my God, I vomited. Oh, my God, I used laxatives. Oh, my God, I'm restricted. That is not the crazy part. Here's the crazy insanity. The insanity is that tells me, that convinces my head that if I do it again, I'm going to have a different result. If you just purge one more time, you're going to be fine. That's the crazy part. If you just overeat, you just eat it again, it's going to be okay. That's the insanity because it convinces me to do the same thing expecting different results. That's insanity. See what I mean? And that's the one that I'm dealing with. Food is just the symptom. It's not the cause. Powerlessness. Step one. I admitted I was powerless. How in the hell did I get the powerless? After many years of trial and error, I, I realized that I did have a problem with food. Uh, but I did not understand that dieting was not the answer. Now, let me, let me understand. Let's be realistic here. You know, at 400 pounds, you don't have to be a brain surgeon, that if you cut down the amounts, you will lose the weight. The problem with what you lose when you cut down on food and start losing the weight, especially when you start cutting down the food, what happens? Something called feelings come up. That's not good. Feelings is not good because this is the shit that we run from because guess what happens when I, when I restrict? Well, holy shit, now I'm starting to feel better. Better what? Better anger, better irritability, better frustration, better everything. I'm raw. It's kind of like the, the guy that just had surgery, man. And the doctor decides, you know what? Don't give that guy pain medication. Don't give him Demerol anymore. And I still have the wide open stitches from last night's surgery. What do you got? You got a guy that's hurting because he's wide open and no, no medication. That's what happens when we die. Okay, so. Half measures avail us nothing, it does say. What do you do with those feelings when they come up? Okay, Lord, I'm ready to take it. Okay, I'm ready to give it to you because I am powerless over food. I'm willing. Now what am I going to do? Well, I'm going to start feeling this stuff. And hopefully your sponsor tells you from the get-go, guess what? You're going to feel some shit. A lot of stuff going to come up. First thing, you're going to feel deprived. 
Then next thing he's going to tell you, say, hey, no, don't worry, you know what, we'll start tomorrow, <laughs> you know, let's not take it serious, you know, yeah, come on, it's just fucking food. Food, come on, it's not like we're dealing with a drug, it's like, it's a, it's a cupcake for crying out loud, you don't get arrested for cupcakes, you know, driving under the influence of burritos. <laughs> you know, you don't get arrested, it's just a goddamn cupcake. That's the same cupcake that feel, makes me feel like shit afterwards. And I heard one speaker say once, and I'm, what I'm telling you now is nothing new. All of us that speak at this podium are echoes of the past. There's nothing new. Okay? The thing is, the timing. Maybe tonight you're ready to hear this. But the message that I'm telling you is nothing new. For years I heard people, heard wonderful speakers. I just wasn't ready. I wasn't willing to take the steps. So the problem in here was I didn't see food as being that God-awful thing that would get me arrested or killed. I didn't see it there. I know drugs did. Alcohol did. But I couldn't see it with food. Yet it was the most obvious symptom than that. You could not tell if I stood here in front, if I had just shot up something or taken something, you could not tell unless I'm slurring or do a drug test on me. But if I'm 400 pounds and I'm up here telling you that I don't have an issue with food, who am I fooling? You know, 400 pounds, size 58 waist, you know, and you go on a plane and you whisper to those stewards, I need a seat extension. <laughs> Okay, wait till we sit everybody down. Great. And you go to your seat and you're praying to God that we don't have a full flight so we don't fill up those seats because I'm flying coach. My company's too damn cheap to buy me a ticket for a first class. You know, like it's their fault. Right? They love me, they put me in a first class. That's the way I thought. Next thing you know, you've got a full flight, man, and every seat is full. And the guy next to you lowers that armrest because he wants his face because I have spread it across three quarters of that whole section. So you learn to sit up against the bulk, against the window. Then the stewardess comes down, the, the um, or the flight attendant, I don't know what they call today. She comes down the hallway, who wanted the seat extension? <laughs> you know, and I look around. And then I go, me. Yeah, and I put the flux seat extension. Carried so much shame, man. I would tell you how much drugs I used to take, how much alcohol I used to, how many women I used to sleep with, you know, shit I used to do on the streets. Then to tell you about this shameful thing called food addiction. That's how bad it is. Happy Hanukkah to all of those. Merry Christmas. Happy Kwanzaa. Whatever freaking holiday you're celebrating. Happy, happy. <laughs> and then we know that there's food involved. Light a candle, eat. Open presents, eat. That's what it's all about. There are people out there that are able to eat normally. To them, food has no hidden meaning. It's not a way to escape. It's not a way to feel better. It's just nutrition. They sit down, they celebrate. And do you know they walk away and they leave food on their plate? There are people out there that will open a pack of cookies, eat one or two, put it away. There are people out there 
that will buy a hamburger and fries and not finish the food. How is that possible? Where in the hell do these people come from? Why are they placed on this planet? These people should die. I say this with a lot of love. My grandmother was one of those. Eat or you'll die. My God, you're getting so fat, you're going to have a heart attack and die. I brought you a donut. Fat and die, here's a donut. I used to go to family's house, friends, and I'd sit on the chairs and break them. And I'd get so embarrassed because you could hear the crack. And I'd stand up and the people would say, don't worry, it's old. We're going to throw it away anyway. But it didn't cover the shame that would come up. Because I broke it. I used to hate, there was one goddamn OA meeting, and I resent it to this day, that their chairs had armrests. Because I didn't fit. There was about six inches of my ass sitting on that chair and the rest of it was sticking out because I just, that armrest would not. I kept saying, who comes to these goddamn meetings? Only anorexics or what? What about us fat people? That's what it was before. Let's talk to how I got to this place. Powerlessness. It's been said to me, if you don't do it, no one will. I went to the diet. Dignity of choice. I went for it. Chose the plan. Started eating boiled chicken and broccoli. Three times a day, goddammit. Black coffee. Started dropping the weight. I love you guys because you guys hug me and likes me and like me. This is cool. I can do that. Drop 70 pounds. Cool. This is working. People are giving me attention. Say, hey, this guy's, this guy's working a program. He's walked up on his weight. Next thing you know, like I say, what happens when you drop the weight and you start losing your night and you start, you know, broccoli and chicken don't cover much feelings. They read some, I'm sorry to say. It doesn't work. And then plus I was, I was eating 100% brand cereal. Shit. All I did was shit and eat. You know, like cereal. I'm sorry to say. I thought, I said, this is wonderful. This is going to work. So you shit, eat, and feel. Shit, eat, and feel. This is not good. I'm dropping the weight and I'm saying, see my waist size go down, but I am like a nut job. Once again, I've been cut open and no medication to get the, get the pain out of the way. What do I do? So you can only white knuckle it so much. Try this when you get home if you have one. If you have a slinky, turn it counterclockwise. Uh, and when you get it as far as you can, hold it there. And keep it there. That's what it means to do this program on your own. And you're like this. And you're holding on to this goddamn thing. And you can feel a little weakness. And your hands starting to cramp up. And you let go. And it slips a little bit. Oh, shit. And I've done this in this program many, many years. And that's not powerlessness. When you're powerlessness, you gave up the fight. Listen. I said this before. If I get in the ring with Mike Tyson, guess who's going to win? It ain't going to be me. No matter how much I train, one goddamn hit from him, man, I'm done, right? Food is the same way. 
if I go with an attitude of fear or of love or of hate, guess what? I've just gotten in the ring with Mike Tyson. And I'm going to overeat or undereat. I'm going to binge or I'm going to purge. Because that's my attitude. I go in with the food. But if I go to, go to food because I need it, because I want to feed my body, that's a different story. You know, I love my body today. I used to punch it and pinch it. I didn't, I didn't like it. For not here, I would be happy. Remember punching myself? Crazy. So much self-hate. Compound that how society is prejudiced against obese people. They look at you with disgust and say, how could you let yourself go like this? Oh my God. I have a disease. Powerless means that I'm willing to be led away. I surrender to the soldiers in front of me. I give up. Cut me. Take me where you need to go. That's what powerless is all about. I don't have the capacity to fight anymore. I'm willing to be led away. It's kind of like the guy that's in the water that's drowning see the lifeboat and he waves his hands. Help! The lifeboat comes. Come on in. Oh, please, thank you. I want to be saved. I don't want to die. They put you in the lifeboat. Okay, we know you're wet. Go over there, sit in the back. We'll get to you. So I go in the back and I'm very grateful for that moment. But then I say, you know what, damn it. It's cold. I haven't gotten a blanket. No shit. When am I going to sit up front? Then my rights. Remember my rights? How come they're treating her better than I am? What does she have that I don't have? And then I start saying, well, hell. And I start complaining to the very people that saved my life. That's just like us addicts. You know the difference between an alcoholic and an addict? Alcoholic will help, will steal your wallet. An addict will steal your wallet, help you look for it. <laughs> the way we are you save us take us out of the water because we're drowning now we'll take over I know where to go now I got my shit together that's all I needed was to get out of the water I know where to go I know what my higher power wants me to do no 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 you don't understand my story's different where's the surrender there there is no surrender and everything I had in my life I knew it Dan, you need to do this. I know. I sounded like a teenager. You ever have a teenager? I had four of them. There's a reason animals eat their young. <laughs> you know? And, you know, parents will say, Oh, we want to have a baby. Never, we want to have a teenager. I was thinking. Oh my God. But anyway, so, in So, the thing what I'm trying to get at is that unless we have a constant attitude of powerlessness and remember where we're at, we're going to go back to taking over that lifeboat. And we're going to want to steer it. Now, powerless means I stop the fight. Surrender. Where does the winning come in surrender? How in the hell can you tell me that by me letting go of everything, all my measuring equipment, my weighing stuff, how can you tell me that that's going to have to put... I'm not saying that. I'm saying your attitude has to change. When I came into this problem, they said, you only have to change one thing, Dad. Oh, so what is it? Everything. 
But I just got to lose weight. No, dude, got to change everything. This is a disease that starts up here in between the ears. Starts here. It's right in here. It's in there. It's right in there. It lives in there. So, I'm powerless when I surrender. I give up. I don't fight anymore. Now, how do I know that I'm there? Well, look at your life, because my life has become unmanageable. Now, what the hell does that mean? That means that my life is crazy. Not only does it manifest itself in food, it manifests itself socially, with my work, with the people I interact with, with my family. It's a crazy part. It is. My, I was raised by pirates. It's only worse. But I'm working a program. So, it manifests itself with my family, socially. It also manifests itself financially. It's costing me a lot to stay at 400 pounds, man. You know, family don't like to feed me, but not all the time. Especially when they say for Thanksgiving, you want us to make one turkey or two. Why? Because you ate the last one. All by yourself. I get offended. I only had a thigh, I think, with the rest of it attached. <laughs> Costs a lot. Health-wise, the doctor, i got to go see him again. Diabetes type 2. High blood pressure. Stomach ulcers. Acid reflux. Back pains. Ankles. Knees. Got to go see again. And I keep saying, you know what? This high blood pressure is killing me. Doctor says, I need you to get on the scale. I hate that. I don't want to go on the scale. Well, I need to know how much you weigh. And I go on the scale... And it doesn't make it. I'm too heavy for the scale. We're going to have to weigh in a different one. One where we weigh crates. It has a limit of 500 pounds. So they roll in this puppy. <laughs> and I can hear it roll. And I know it's for me. And I get on there. And I remember having one of the comprehensible demoralization. Again. Because I was weighing where crates are weighed. Not where human beings are weighed. Where crates. Incomprehensible demoralization said that my life was unmanageable. Not only does it manifest itself in my body, it manifests itself around me. Step one. I admitted I was powerless over food. My life had become unmanageable. I needed to fire that manager. And that manager was me. I can't negotiate. I have a nut job that lives in between here. I need to shut it up. So how do I restore myself to sanity? Well, I came to believe that a power gave him myself to restore me to sanity. That's the hard part. Now, what power can Ashley give me? Where is my source? Where is my source that the temptation is there and I have the power to say no? I need a source. I need something that will help me, especially now during these days. Where is that source? Here it goes. And acceptance is the key to my life's problems today. When I am troubled, it's because some place, person, thing doesn't agree with me. Paraphrase. Acceptance is the answer. Until I accept it, my compulsive overeating is being a disease 
I could not stay abstinent, we read it that way. In Alcoholics Anonymous says, until I accept my alcoholism, I could not stay sober. Which means to me that I have a disease that ain't going to go away. Accept with it. Do you know people that are dying of cancer, they have to accept that they have cancer? you know why? This way they go to treatment. And they have a sense of belonging. When they don't have a sense of belonging, they die faster. Overeaters, and non- overeaters out there die alone. They die in hospitals. I come here, I have a sense of belonging. I don't know very many of you people here, but I know, I know, I know you guys somehow. We have a disease. I accepted my disease. Now, it's when I accepted my disease is when I became willing. Willing to take some action. Faith without works is dead. Faith without works is dead. I said, God, I've screwed up my life, man. I've made a mess of it. Not only personally in my life, in my head, people around me have suffered because of me. You know we drive our, you know we drive our family crazy? It says in the big book. Alcoholics make neurotics of their families. It means we make them uncomfortable. We don't know if you're not diet this week, not on diet this week. No sugar, no sugar. No flour, no flour. Kind of like work. You know where I work? It's very funny. We have an area that, that has, we know when it's Diet Monday because the chips have been replaced with carrot stick, celery, and goddamn hummus. <laughs> Who eats this shit? <laughs> so we know it's not going to last long because me and my buddy says it's not going to last long. You know it's not that. Because 12 o'clock comes, Diet Monday's gone. Pizza's here, bagels are here, donuts are here. All right. Yes. <laughs> It's amazing how it is. And then there's always the one food pusher that's really thin. Here, I got these for you. (laughs) Just eat one a day, you'll be fine. One a day? I don't tell them I have a disease. She goes, oh, thank you. So I give it to the next person. I have a higher power today that loves me no matter what. I was doing a, uh, I was speaking at a conference last, earlier this year in Westlake, and uh, I was asking people, what would you want in your higher power? You know, I said, God, all-powerful, all-knowing, loving, you know, blah, 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 all this cashless. But one lady really struck me behind She says, I want him to be happy. Oh, shit. Happy. Remember, I had a sponsor. This is with my other disease. If you're going to be drugging or doing your, your thing, be happy. If you're going to be sober, be happy. I couldn't do either one. If I was overeating, I was unhappy. You know that thing about, about comfort food? I never felt any comfort. I just ate the goddamn food. This is comfort food. No, it's not. <laughs> That's not comfort food. I felt like shit afterwards. I said, oh my God, I ate this crap again. If you're going to be in this disease, be happy. If you're going to be abstinent, be happy. It's impossible to do. It has to deal with the source that you have today. Where is it coming from? Is your source your mother or your father? But this higher power has to be happy because I want to be happy. And happy means 
that I'm willing to live without expectations and be serene. I can't have both. I've tried it. And if you guys can do it, let me know. Because I want to try it. But I can't. I'm either going to be happy and serene or live with frustrations and expectations. Expectations about people, places, and things, man. So for today, I walk where God wants me to go for 24 hours. You know, my day is going to end at 12 o'clock and that's it. That's it. Done. Day's over. I live in the present. I don't live in the past. See, I lived, I was a time traveler. I lived in the past where my depression lives or I go to the future where my anxiety is waiting for me. Shit that hasn't happened yet, my head's telling me what's going to happen. And I'm going, God damn, you're right. It is going to happen. No, it's not. So, I agree to come here and speak, and I look at the friggin' weather channel. Saturday, raining, all day. Over three quarters. I said, what the hell was I thinking coming down here? Why did I have to agree? I'm coming from friggin' Santa Barbara. That is too far. You guys remember when we used to drive for those donuts? Far away. Three o'clock in the morning, I know they're open. How far can I travel for my recovery? So, to, to stop with this, unless your first step is really strong, anything on top of that is weak. Powerless. Every day. So, on that note, I'll stop there. Question. Yes. Hey, everybody. I'm Michael. Hi, Michael. Hi, Michael. Hi. Shared about your recovery, your size, and do you ever struggle even during a time when you're abstinent where you feel sort of a body dysmorphia, ever a fat head, so to speak? And, and is it gone, or when did it be, or if it still comes up from time to time, how do you deal with it? Okay, so do I ever get like I have um, back when I was fat? Do I have in my head? One day I woke up like that. I woke up, I actually thought I was 400 pounds. And I got up thinking I was still that size. And I went to the drawer that had my old sweatpants. sweatpants. Oh, I dressed on the sweatpants. And I grabbed those sweatpants, size 58, and I put them on. And I went, that's how strong the head is. My sponsor says, don't believe everything you think. (laughs) (laughs) How the hell do you do that? It was true, though. I have a disease of perception. I don't know what's reality. You guys bring me back to reality. Answer your question? Yes, I do. Yes, I do. Um, how do you keep yourself in the space of being powerless when your head tells you that you're not? So you start to drift out of that space. Yeah. It, it can have, how do you stay powerless remain powerless? Okay. Uh, okay. For me, I have to remember where I'm at today. It's hard to feel powered when you're grateful. When you're grateful. It's so hard to feel powerful when you're grateful. When you're grateful, you don't feel powerful. Because you know what you have is not yours. See what I mean? That, that's the awesome part about it. It's like, I'm grateful. God, I'm grateful. Well, shit, that means I'm powerless. That, that to me, is the key for me. I don't know. Can I answer your question? Okay. Okay. Okay, thank you very much. Thank you.